Good morning, everyone. We're looking at the book of Psalms, and we're going to just look at Psalm 1 this morning. And it reads like this. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. I want you to notice something really wonderful and beautiful about this book of Psalms. It commences with the word blessed, and literally it means, Oh, the happinesses of the man. And it concludes in Psalm 150 with the word hallelujah or praise the Lord. No matter what the sorrows, stresses, difficulties, or uncertainties of our lives may be, the message I want to bring to you and to me today is that there is a pathway for us to pursue that is full of happinesses and of many, many causes to shout hallelujah. But if we want that life, that kind of life, our part in this is to adopt the same kind of life that this person has of which our psalm is speaking. You might be saying to me as I'm talking to you, you have no idea how difficult my life is. You don't have to face the issues I have to face. This person you're speaking about in the psalm is someone whose life is clearly idyllic. Really? I would have to totally disagree with you and say, absolutely not. Just think about it for a moment. This psalm, let alone the rest of the book of Psalms, is talking about someone and someones who are surrounded by ungodly advisers, sinful and wicked people, and scornful mockers. As we've said before, our Bible doesn't talk about perfect circumstances but rather life as it really is, with all its problems, issues, and the imperfect people that God, in his grace, deals with. You see, even though our circumstances and environment obviously will have an impact upon us, if we allow them to, nevertheless we also have the opportunity to have our hearts and minds in perfect peace while still having our feet firmly fixed on the earth with all the realities of life down here. You might say to me, why and how? Well, I would suggest for two reasons. First and foremost, this person is righteous. You'll notice that from the last verse of the psalm. A righteous person in our Bibles isn't someone who's super holy, who is, but a person who has come into a place where they have been accounted right and righteous before God. 
on the basis of their faith in him and his grace towards them because of the sacrifice of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, on Calvary. Now, you're going to probably say to me, well, this was a long time before Calvary when this chapter was written. Well, of course, we have the perspective view and you and I look back retrospectively. But it all has to do, God knew, of course, before the time, all centres upon that work that his son did. And the sacrifices of the Old Testament were just foreshadowings of what Christ would accomplish at Calvary. No one is ever saved. No one is ever going to go to heaven without faith in God and his promises. And those are established upon that one mighty, glorious sacrifice that Christ accomplished. But secondly, to return to the two reasons I want to suggest. Secondly, because this person that we're reading about listens to what God has said in the Holy Scriptures, meditates upon those things, and adjusts their lives to live in accordance to the guidance and wisdom found in those Scriptures. All this is in contrast to the counsel, as we read in verse 1, of the ungodly, the pathway of the wicked, and the habits and habitats of the mocking scorners and despisers of the pathway of faith. But what an amazing difference this has in the life of those who love and obey the word of God. Our our chapter says they are like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water. There's no better place than that for a tree. The roots go down, the tree grows up, the fruit is abundant, the evidences of life never wither and die, and there's prosperity. Not necessarily financial prosperity, of course. We don't believe in the prosperity gospel. It's interesting to notice that this word prosper is used several times in the book of Genesis in the account of Joseph in Egypt. Joseph's father Jacob, when pronouncing his blessings on his son, says this about Joseph. He is a fruitful bough, even a fruitful bough by a well, whose branches run over the wall. Isn't that lovely? And of course, if you know the story of Joseph, you'll know exactly what Jacob was talking about. Because in other words, here was a man uh, who would be a great blessing not only to his own family, tribe and nation, but also to the Egyptians and, of course, to the whole of that part of the world at that time of famine. You and I, if we are truly God's people, feeding upon and practically living, and I want to emphasise that, it's not just feeding on the word of God and getting a head knowledge, but practically living lives that are according to God's counsel, we can be also an amazing blessing to all around us, as well as to our fellow believers. Our branches, so to say, can run over the wall. The complete opposite is said of the ungodly. What does it say? What about the ungodly? Are they unbelievers? Certainly. But perhaps also those who have professed faith, sorry, getting my teeth caught up in my tongue. 
or the other way around, perhaps those who had professed faith but never possessed real saving faith. The complete opposite is said of them. They are like the chaff that the wind drives away. I don't know whether you know what chaff means. You probably do. But chaff is the husk of the corn. That which is to- the, the, the corn is tossed into the air with the husk on it, of course, in the winnowing process. And they do it in a windy place, or they used to. It's done with different means today, no doubt. But in those days, it was, it was thrown up in the air uh, in a windy place and the chaff was blown away and the corn of wheat or whatever remained. There was nothing of value, nothing of worth left behind. No. You see, that's how the ungodly are in the eyes of our God, like chaff that the wind blows away. No fruit for God and no blessing for others. Now here's the summation of it all. The ungodly will have no standing, says our chapter, before the throne of judgment in that coming day. Their mouths will be shut in condemnation. They will have no place in the congregation of those who have been made righteous through faith in God's salvation. And they will perish, which is not the cessation of being, as some people like to think, of annihilation, but the cessation of well-being, and that eternally. And the last verse says this, the Lord knows. The Lord knows. You can't cheat God. God knows the way of the righteous. The Lord knows those who belong to him. You may be able to We may be able to deceive others, but we can never hoodwink God. The Lord knows. So I just want to ask you this question as I close. Do you belong to him? Are you going to be among that great congregation when Jesus comes again to gather his own? If not, you can change masters today. He is ready He is able and he is willing to save. God bless his word to you today.